Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to the Impact Broadcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We want to thank you for being a part of our broadcast on today. We are continuing our study um, on the power of a reformation, breaking the crises, blessing the nations. And we've been talking about the rebuilding of the tabernacle of David. And we were on the first principle of rebuilding the tabernacle um, was principle number one. The ark was brought up after a new level of kingly presence was established over all Israel. And today we're going to continue um, our study on this um, as the Holy Spirit leads us. Father God, we just give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you, O Father God, for being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We ask, O Father God, that you would give us ears to hear, O Father God, what the Spirit is saying unto the church in this hour as it pertains to the power of reformation. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Once again, I want to thank you for being a part of the broadcast on today. We're going to continue um, with um, talking about the power of reformation. The recognition of true spiritual leadership in the church is what we're going to talk about now. The anointing of David at Hebron was preceded by the coming together of the separated houses of Israel and Judah. The move that culminated in the bringing back of the Ark of the Covenant and the establishment of the Tabernacle of David derived its strength from the achievement of community unity under the leadership of David. There is an anointing that propels David to the heights of his purpose in God that can only be activated by the voice of a coherent community. Even though David had received a prophetic anointing administered by Samuel when the horn of oil was poured out upon him. We see this in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12 and 13. There are two important dimensions to this anointing in Hebron, at Hebron. Firstly, the elders of Israel recognized David as the fulfillment of God's prophetic plan. Saul had been the choice of a people locked into a natural and earth-influenced mentality. Their demand for a choice of a king did not line up with the prophetic plan of God. It is accomplished in the midst of prophetic disple displeasure and is a sign of their rejection of the plans and purposes of the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 4 through 7, it says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramoth, and said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Glory to God. In their choice of David, the elders rehearsed the prophetic charge given to Samuel by God to be spoken 
over the young man David on the day of his first anointing, 1 Samuel 16, verse 1 through 3. This indicates that the people are once again the custodians of the prophetic record spoken over them in times past by the great prophets. They have departed from the selfish desire to be like the other nations in having a king of their own choosing and are being governed again by the command of God. Secondly, the people identified the location of genuine spiritual leadership and authority within the camp of David. First Chronicles 11.2 says, Also, in time past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord your God said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over my people Israel. The people are at last able to discern clearly between religious position and operations and valid spiritual authority and effectiveness. They recognize that even though Saul exercised the manifest power of kingship and administration over the people of God, that he was not the one who moved the people deep into the accurate purposes of God. This perception is the beginning of a valid reformation. Reformation is not a religious hype or a new spiritual fad with a self-life no, no longer than the interests of the people. Reformation that engineers new levels of spiritual re revelation and expression is led by men who can actually lead Israel out and bring them in. They are the designators of the journeys of the tribes who operate under direct authority from God. In this next season of the church, the people of God must come to a higher level of discernment that would enable them to identify those apostolic leaders across the world in every territory and sector of the global church who carry the effective word for this reformation. Cultural pride, racial preferences, traditional patterns, and organizational constraints which have sharply limited the manifestation of the true shapes of the church must be abandoned. As the elders of Israel abandoned their limitations, the Davids of the earth must be received by the church and the advance to, to tabernacle positions must now begin. Tabernacle Principle 2. The tabernacle required the establishment of a new stronghold. We see in First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 4 and 5, And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is Jebus, where the Jebusites were, where the Jebusites were the inhabitants of the land. Then the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, You shall not come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David, finding a new epic center. The process toward the establishment of the tabernacle involved finding a new epic center. An epic center is a stronghold of mentalities, position, and understanding out of which we operate that enables us to bring forth the things of God that are re relevant to the time. It is a place from which mighty deeds can occur. For David, the movement was from Ziklag to Zion. Ziklag represents the personal stronghold of David. First Chronicles twenty-one, uh, excuse me. First Chronicles twelve one says, 
Now these were the men who came to David at Ziklag. While he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish, and they were among the mighty men helpers in the war. First Chronicles 12, 8 says, Some Gadites joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty men of valor, men trained for battle, who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as gazelles on the mountains. It was the beginning of his strength and the place of mobilization of his army while he was a fugitive during the days of Saul before the Reformation occurred in the land of Israel. When David is elevated to the throne of all Israel, he moved to a new stronghold. Zion is the stronghold of God. It is the place of God's strength and the place of the demonstration of God's power. Psalms 132.13 says, For the Lord has chosen, chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. The Reformation process is a movement in the church out from our own personal strongholds to the strongholds of God. We must move out of the places where our own personal strength is guaranteed and our own ministry activity is powerful within our own spheres into a dimension where the strength is entirely of God. The Zion position is the place where God dwells. It is a place of the mighty demonstration of kingly power, a place that is forever associated with the glory of God. Driving out the Jebusites. God's stronghold of Zion is established in the teeth of opposition from the lame and the blind. We see in Second Samuel chapter five through six, from six to verse eight, um, and it says, And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David said on that day, Whoever climbs up by way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Therefore, they say, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. The soul of the, ref of the reformer must hate the Jebusite principle in the church. The Jebusites represent that which corrupts the place that will be the stronghold of God. It is important that we note that the city of Jerusalem, which represents the place of the future expression of the glory of God, was once named the city of Jebus, the place occupied by the Jebusites, who resisted the entrance of the newly crowned David to the position of power. Jebus, Jebus, later became the place at which the tabernacle was established. If the tabernacle of David is to be rebuilt and established in our day, as Amos prophesied, then we must destroy the Jebusite principle in our own times. It is the lame and the blind that will repel the advance of the Davidic spirit to the place of reformation. 
This is the strong core of the Jebusite mentality. The lame represent all the things that prevent us from walking strongly in the purposes of God. The blind represent all of the factors that destroy our discernment, perception, and revelation of the intent and desires of God for our day. The combination of the blind and the lame produce a church locked in the iron grip of religion and programmed activity that can never access the Zion positions of accuracy in the purpose of God and the explosion of his will in his in this planet. Reformation ex- exterminates the Jebusites from the hill of the Lord. It is through the activity and sovereign working of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of men in the day of reformation that these cruel enemies are destroyed david's battle for zion was not a frontal military assault but a guerrilla advance by unconventional means up to the jebusite stronghold nevertheless david took the stronghold of zion that is the city of david we see in Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, Now David said on that day, Whoever climbs up by way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Therefore they say, The blind and the lame shall not come unto the house. His mighty men climbed up into the tower by the way of the water shaft which indicates the activity of the Holy Spirit. The result was the establishment of a house from which the blind and the lame were forever barred. It became a proverb for the Davidic era. From that time, the people said, the the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Such is the house of reformation that Amos promises will be rebuilt as God brings the end-time church to a place of power in the earth. It is a place from which all the factors that repel the advance of the purposeful power of God are entirely banished until it becomes a commonly possessed realization among the people of God that the blind and the lame must never enter the house of God. Zion represents the acquisition of mentalities among the community of the faithful that are totally welded to the advance of the will of God in our time. Living in the Stronghold Second Samuel chapter 5 verse 9 and 10 says, Then David dwelt in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built all around from the mellow and inward. So David went on and became great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. The church must begin to live in the stronghold of God and begin to exhibit a stronghold lifestyle to the nations of the earth. With the Jebusites exterminated, David renamed the place and called it the city of David. The lifestyle associated with the stronghold of Zion became forever associated with the name of David. The manifestation of God and the lifestyle of David became one and the same. The city of David became the hill of the Lord. Not only did David occupy the stronghold, but he began to strengthen his position there and build fortifications to assure occupation for many generations. 
He built all around and then and then inward until Zion was fortified, both within and without. This is such an oppressive picture of the mentality of the church in the day of Reformation. We must build extern- externally in a fresh and new demonstration of God's power and strength in an, uh, an accelerate revelatory century lifestyle that will impact the nations. But we must also build inwardly and create divine strongholds within in unbreakable mentalities and spiritual characteristics that will cause kingdom power to be expressed from us in clarity and purity in the days ahead. Our future greatness depends on the acquisition of those values. David was always a mighty warrior, prophet, and leader of men. He inspired confidence, loyalty, and ignited the hearts of all who came near to him. But it was only after he ascended to the Zion fortress position, drove after Jebusites, and built in the stronghold, that greatness was added to him by God himself. We see in Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 10, So David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. The greatness of the church in the future is the greatness of God in the earth. Through the processes of reformation, our fame and our name will always be one and the same with God's fame and God's name in the nations. Jesus Christ effectively sits upon the throne of David. We cannot be separated from the rulership and power of our Lord. Tabernacle principle number three. The tabernacle involves a desire to bless the nations. First Chronicles 13, verse 1 through 4. Then David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel and with them to the priests and Levites who are in their cities in their in their common lands that they may gather together to us and let us bring the ark of our God back to us for we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul then all the assembly said that they would do so for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people removing selfish concerns David's first desire to return the ark to Israel was primarily concerned with the well-being of his own nation. His first movement to reformation was based on the um, democratic principle of what seemed right in the eyes of all the people. Thus, the corporate motivation to reformation was built upon the lowest common um, denominator available. The general approval of the principle based on self-centered concerns. This initial thrust in a reformation position is destroyed by the hand of God. In the midst of the march towards Jerusalem, God kills Isaiah as he tries to steady the falling ark. We see this in 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 5 through 7.
The Ark of the Covenant, which represents the very core of the activated tabernacle of David, was placed in the house of Obed-Edom, the, the Gittite, for the period of three months. Blessing the Edomites. Obed-Edom is a significant character in the decoding of the meaning of the tabernacle as it applies to our current situation. His name means the son of Edom. The name first appears in the content of, e of Esau's despising of the patriarchal birthright and the covenants of the Lord to the seed of Abraham. We see this in Genesis chapter 25 verse 30. Throughout the scripture and in the record of the history of the nation of Israel, the Edomites were the enemies of the people of God and maintained a perpetual hatred through their generations. They refused the Israelites' passage through the territory in the days of the great migration out of bondage under Pharaoh. We see this in Numbers chapter 20, verse 18 through 21. The Edomites under, under the direction of Hadad were the greatest of adversaries of King Solomon. They made alliances with Pharaoh and Hadad, even married the sister of the Egyptian queen, Daphnes. Daphnes. 1 Kings chapter 11, 14 through 25. During the bitter destruction of Jerusalem in the reign of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, the Edomites participated in the plunder and agreed to the destruction of Jerusalem. We see this in Psalms 137, verse 7. Please read these scriptures at your leisure. In the historical record during the days of the Maccabees, in the inner testimonial period, the Edomites were subjugated and incorporated into the Jewish nation as the province of Edoma, but continued in hatred and bitter hostility. When Jerusalem was attacked by Titus in 70 AD, 20,000 Edomites were released into the city and terrorized it with violent robbery and pillage during the terrible season of destruction. In the military campaign of Amaziah against the Edomite people of Sir, we are told that Edomites were a nation of idol worshippers. We see this in Second Chronicles chapter 25, verse 14. Such is the heritage of Obed-Edom represents. In addition, he is a Gittite, or identified with the chief Philistine city of Gath, the dwelling place of Goliath, the major adversary of Israel in the early days of David's emergence into spiritual significance. Obed-Edom spiritually represents a principle that is etern eternally hostile and set in hatred against the things of God and the people of God. But yet the art is placed in his house. The spiritual and revelational implications are both remarkable and inescapable. This is a clear indication of the heart of God to send his presence and blessings to the nations that in their operations and position are hostile to the rule and the presence of the Lord. David has a change of heart, attitude, and or 
or orientation when he sees that the presence of the ark in Obed-Edom's house brings a definite blessing of the Lord to the whole household. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11 through 12 says, The art of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belonged to him because of the art of God. So David went and brought up the art of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. We must recognize that the art of God or the presence of the Lord blesses the nations. It redeems the Edomites. This is the prophetic promise of Amos to the fulfilled in the day that the, that the tabernacle of David is spiritually rebuilt and repaired among the people of God. All the nations and all the remnant of Edom who are the ordained to be brought into the family of God will be reclaimed by a rapid Davidic church. We struggle toward operational perfection in the day of reformation, not primarily to effect a personal escape from the earth, but to provide a powerful redemptive pathway for the nations. The mentality of the church has been occupied by the desire for personal escape. We have taught the rapture until it has produced an escape mentality and has become a stumbling block to dominate mentalities of kingdom advance and the development of mighty compassion for the multitudes held in the grip of destructive satanic forces. Reference Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 through 38. Now in the season of reformation while continuing to look upward for the imminent return of the Lord, we reach out with new strength to the un unfortunate prisoners of the earth. We do this by constructing powerful reformation positions within the global church that will impact the nations for their own blessing from the Lord. Tabernacle principle number four. The tabernacle demands a prescribed mentality. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse one says, so they brought the art of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7 through 9 says, And on that day David first delivered the psalm into the hand of Asherah and his brethren to thank the Lord, O, God, o give thanks, to thank the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him, sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. The tabernacle could really be called David's tent over the people inside the tabernacle a revol a, revol a revolution was taking place Moses's law was still in force over the people of Israel there had been no general indication through the prophets that the season of law had been changed by God but yet David was able to elevate elevate the entire society by the power of his revelation to a higher level of operation and experience in the things of the spirit. The tabernacle of David invalidated the restrictions of Moses' tabernacle over the mentality 
of the people. The worship establishment by David in the tabernacle was really the activating feature of the operation. It created a culture and an environment in which the people experienced spiritual freedom from the limitation of the law. In other words, there was a prescribed mentality within the full functionality of the tabernacle of David. There was a powerful prophetic dimension to the tabernacle which preceded the great proclamation of his glory, his wonders, and his deeds among the nations of the earth. We see this in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8 through 10, and verse 23 through 24. The psalm delivered by David into the hands of Asherah, established in the operations of the tabernacle, ac- tabernacle, accurate patterns for future activity. But it also imparted the mentality, revelation, stance, and spirit of David to the people as they came forward into the presence of God in the atmosphere of Davidic praise and worship. The patterns of the worship emphasize the remembering of the covenant promises of God and the certain promise that the Lord will come to judge the earth. All of these factors point to essential things that form part of the rebuilding of the tabernacle of David in our day of reformation. As God reaches out to possess those in the nations called by his name, there is a prescribed mentality in the day of reformation. Just as David deliberately designed and imparted the powerful spirit of prophetic proclamation, covenant affirmation, and agreement with the purposes of the Lord. So too, in our season for the Reformation to be activated and become effective in the earth must enter the prescribed mentality of the times. The nations will not be impacted by the old, tired mentality, attitude, and spirit of the church. David, in establishing the tabernacle, constructed an entirely anti-Mosaic mentality and practice, and he put systems in place to ensure that it was consistently produced. The mentality of Reformation cuts across the prevailing systems of thought of the time. It introduces the saints into a dimension of the spirit that allows them to advance further into the realms of God than the prevailing patterns allow them to. Just as David's people came there, came before the ark into positions allowed only to the high priest under the Mosaic systems. As Amos prophesied, the tabernacle will be rebuilt by God in our day. The global church will come into new radical mentalities and release purposes of the Lord far in advance of the expectations of our generation. There will be new levels of covenant making in the church as a new leadership emerges to to direct believers into the depths of the purposes of the Lord. Reformation reactivates the spiritual journey of the church in a strong and definite way. We will proceed up to Zion positions, casting out the lame and the blind that resist and hinder the accurate release of the will and mind of the Lord in the earth. As Davidic positions and mentalities become the generally acceptance positions, processions of the church, we will reach out to the nations in a new and more powerful way 
impacting them with the manifestation of the glory of the Lord and bringing the blessing of the Lord to those who are called by his name. Praise the Lord. Father God, we just glorify and magnify your name on today. We thank you, O Father God, for imparting truth, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for the current, present reformation of the church. We pray, O Father God, that we... Um, have an ear to hear on how to proceed as you give us new directives and new instructions and release your glory and your anointing on the church and this new this new reformation place that we are in in the earth realm even now oh father god give us wisdom give us knowledge give us understanding give us courage and give us strength to carry out the new kingdom assignments open our eyes oh father god that we might see was unveiling before us in the kingdom of God. Let your will be done and your kingdom come in the earth as it has already been established in the heavens. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to the Impact Broadcast on today with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We pray that you have been blessed by the message on today. May God richly bless and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen. <music>